What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Podcast Lighthouse. Today, I'm really excited. We're here with my younger brother, Tom, and our friend, Austin Smith. And today, they're going to talk to us about what their experience has been like, deepening their faith and sharing that with others in the work environment and then college. So I hope you all enjoy. I do have to apologize. The sound is a little bit off at some points in the recording, but it's still easy to understand. So just just to let you know um, in advance. But Thank you for listening, and I hope you all enjoy. Well, I'm Tom Kilmer. I'm Julie Kilmer's younger brother. Uh, I'm currently in Escondido, California. I'm studying acting at John Paul the Great Catholic University. All right, and I'm Austin Smith, uh, friend of Tom's, friend of Julie's, family-friendly Kilmer's. Uh, I am at a parent's house in only Maryland, but I attend University of Maryland, uh, College Park. And uh, I'm the youngest of four boys, and I'm super excited. So, Dick. And Austin, we were like Super Bowl family friends for like 10 years, but we didn't know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, yeah, parents were friends. We didn't really know each other, but now we're all, now we're all buddies. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We just, we just watched Austin and uh, Nolan wrestle the whole time. Yeah, just beat each other up. Yeah, and then, and then we went home, and we did the same thing the next year. <laughs> exactly. 10 years. Exactly. And then I made Tom come work with me, and I made him do all my dirty work, you know? Right, and then yeah, I was out of there. And that, that, that really blossomed our friendship, right, Tom? Right, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> Austin, there was one time Michelle, Tommy, and I, this is before we started working at Lone Oak, went there because your mom said that you worked there. And we went there, sat down, didn't order anything, and then left. <laughs> I remember that because I think you guys texted me, didn't you? Yeah. And I, I don't think I was there or something. Yeah. I think I left. I don't remember what happened. I think I like wasn't there. Or oh shoot, I forget what happened. I remember that though. Yeah, yeah that was. I felt really bad. I was like, oh. <laughs> no, we were the creeps that just showed up. <laughs> we're like, hey, is Austin here? They're like, what? Maybe feel uh, cool. Maybe feel cool. Yeah, but now we're friends. Now <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- yeah. Totally. Definitely friends. <laughs> yeah, like really close. Yeah. Right. <laughs> real tight. Real tight. <laughs> like like brothers year. almost. Almost. Uh, one could say. No. Uh, Would they one, say? Could could one? Could one say? <laughs> Should one? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to start with the first question. Austin, I'll give you like five seconds to think about this one. But Tom, what's what's the greatest piece of advice you've ever received? Greatest piece of advice I've ever received? I would say mainly it's like just don't talk about it. Just do it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, you're, if you have something on your mind and you're like, I want to do this, I want to do that, then go do it. Don't talk about it. it it's, it's nice and cozy and cute to talk about it. <laughs> But uh, you got to go actually take action. Tom's getting fired up. You know, you're, you, you, you know, your words only like show the world how you want to be perceived. But your actions tell the world who you really are. Amen, brother. Actually, you got to follow the words kind of deal. I don't know what he just said, but sure. <laughs> so yeah. actions, actions speak louder than words. Right, 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 yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you know, take action. Take action. I like that. Mm, I like that. I like Austin, that. what would you say? Um, I once heard a wise man say, get your money up, not your funny up. Um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
my mom, my mom always tells me for my whole life, she said, um, I don't, I don't want to mess it up. It's, uh, it's better to, to stay silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all that. Mm. And I love that. She always says it like my entire life. She said to me, and I like to talk a lot. So I say a lot of dumb stuff. Um, but I've, so you I've haven't taken to, that advice. I haven't taken that <laughs> advice, advice too well, but I'm working on it. You know, I'm working on it. And uh, we're, we're getting better at it. But I think it's a great piece of advice because I think there's a lot of people in this world today that like to talk and not a lot of people mm-hmm. that like to listen. So yeah. there's, something, there's something I'm working on, you know? Mm. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. It's always good to work on that. I'm going through Proverbs and, and it's all through Proverbs, you know? Mm. So. But I will say this, Austin, in defense of you, even though you say you talk a lot, I mean, through action, I see that, you know, you're at Lone Oak all the time. You show that you're you're a really hard worker. So that's what I always appreciated about you, dude. Oh, thanks. Aww. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> <you> man. <laughs> you cool. uh, yeah, I think, I Austin, you, you, do, you do talk a lot, but, like, it's about meaningful things and then you also you do listen so it's not like you have to be like one way or the other it's like you either yeah. don't talk or you talk like you could be a talker but also mm-hmm. just good at conversations so you know how to listen so. yeah i've tried i've tried to make the things i say meaningful you know yeah i'll tell you that I've, that's that's what i'm working on mm. i'm not wasting my words but yeah i appreciate that tom yeah, that was nice I, thank you. <laughs> Give me a big head. So you guys I are a big friends. head. You're making you a big friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are friends, right? <laughs> um, so who would you guys say is one of the biggest role models in your life? Mm. And why? Tom, I can go first if, if you're not ready. I mean, I'm ready. All right, fine, fine. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll go first. <laughs> I would say the biggest role model in my life um, – no, I don't. I don't. I don't talk about this like ever. But I think it's got to be my older brother Joe, Joe mm-hmm. Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up, I mean, we we when we first started working at St. Jude, I mean, he was the he's the hardest working guy I know. I know Austin's a great worker, but I think <laughs> I think Joe beats him in that category. Because uh, I mean, everything he did, everything he did, no matter how little the job was, he always did. Uh, he always wanted to make do a great job. Uh, he never just excuse my language, but he never just half-assed it. You know, mm. Mm. he always and from from cutting grass to the littlest landscape stuff to any little job we did for Mr. Kelly to painting. He was there. He got there first. He left last. Last. I mean, he always did a great job. And he always, you know, wanted to make everything look look good. The work that he did. And, you know, he, he really, I mean, he's not a talker himself. He, he, he led by example. And that's what I, I learned a lot from mm. him mm. is, uh, you know, he just, he just put in the work. And also one thing about Joe is he's a great competitor in mm. especially in sports and even like playing Catan with him, he always has to win. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so like every, everything we did together, he was always, he was always in, in like, he's taking it seriously. He wants to win. Um, and so, like, he taught me just, you know, you put all your effort in and, you, I mean, you really, you put in the work. So, mm-hmm. I, I learned, I learned all the good things that, uh, like, I didn't, I was not hard working myself. All those hours I put in at St. Jude, 
was just because Joe was putting in those hours. So when Joe put in 12 hours a day at St. Jude, I wasn't putting in uh, eight hours because I want to be a hard worker. I was just doing it because Joe was doing it. Yeah. So, and yeah, I'd say, I, yeah, Joe Kilmer would be my answer. That's awesome. That's and shout awesome. out shout out to his, his DECA fit competition yesterday. Oh, yeah. Oh, he yeah. Did, what, yeah, he did yeah. a great job. I saw that. That was cool. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's hard for me to pick one. I want to. I want to give a few people kind of a call out, but uh, I think the first one is, is my dad, of course. Um, I think the older I've gotten, the more I've seen the similarities between me and my dad. Um, and I'll never say it to his face, but the older I've gotten, the more I've realized how right my dad is. <laughs> and, <laughs> I'm like, you know, he knows what he's talking about. He probably listens to you know. Um, and uh, he's had a huge influence on my life. I mean, me and all my brothers, he, he raised us in a, in a great way and, and, you know, in a God-fearing way. And he was our coach and teacher to a few of us. And uh, he just raised us the way he was raised and, and, you know, putting family first, putting God first and then family second. And uh, hard work third, you know, the, the way you said, Tom, is he's hard work, hardest worker I know. And he taught us that um, through life and through sports. And uh, it, it honestly, it, it made me who I am today more than anybody else did. Um, mm-hmm. And now that I'm at an age where I can kind of be a little more humble about things, I realize I'm like, you know, maybe I should have been so stuck up. He knows me talking about. But uh, yeah, he's had a huge impact. And then of course, my brothers. I got three older brothers. They've all made a huge impact on me in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've all made a huge impact on me um, and uh, helped me develop different traits. You know, I, I got it all from my dad, but they each kind of helped me develop different parts of it. Um, and I feel like they were each put in my life by God, and, and I, I love each for it. It's, it's been awesome. And then the last person, I guess, is, is Chris Miller, the guy that owns the owns Lono. Um, and we still uh, see each other once a week. Uh, he leads a Bible study that I'm a part of. And we hang out. We just hung out an hour ago. Um, and he's, he's a great guy, and uh, he's someone I look up to a lot. And, and, um, but I think more than anyone, he's definitely my dad. Um, and he's someone I try to be like that. I'd say I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta say, Austin, your dad is very easy to listen to. I mean, yeah. you want to hear what he has to say because he's he's always, you know, yeah, he's always what is he spitting fire? You know what I mean? <laughs> he's also very loud, so even if you don't want to listen, you kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he he's uh, he's definitely has a compelling way of of, uh, of getting things through. But yeah, he's great. Mm. He's great. I guess um you could both speak to this, but um describe a little bit more about your dad being your coach and how that's impacted you. Because Tom, you've had dad, right? Right, I have, I've had yeah. dad. Uh, uh, yeah, he just my dad was just like he's very hard on 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 me, and because he expect he expects so much. Because he, I think he didn't he didn't say this ever, but I think he he saw the potential I had especially in basketball. So when he what when he did coach me, he was very tough on me and he'd get very upset. Julie, you know how he is. Yeah. He get very upset when I just the, throughout the whole game. He's very I mean, he's just on you from the tip off to the to the end. Uh so like it's just I mean, it's tough being a little 7th grader, a little 8th grader and you're getting yelled at the whole time. But um I mean, he he brought I, I was at my 
like through middle school to, to when I had him, I was at my best when he was my coach. Because mm. he just he just brought the best out of me. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. awesome. What would you say? I would say I would say the same. Honestly, I think um, I definitely. I think my dad taught me the most. I think he knew me the best, so it was easiest for him to coach me. You know, I think that's a huge – the relationship between a coach and, a, and an athlete is huge because the better you know him, the easier it is to coach him, you know. Um, so I think as far as an athlete, I would probably learn the most from him. But uh, I would also say he kind of held me to a higher standard. And, and not just like as an athlete, but as, you know, a teammate and a leader and just a, like a young man. Um, playing a sport he, he always held me to a higher standard and tried to push me for for better and I think a lot of those lessons kind of carried over into my life um, and I think it kind of had a had a deeper meaning too because you know I I'd see him during practice and then you know he'd have to drive me home and we'd sit there and, and have those conversations whether it was like hey you know like you weren't working very hard today what's going on or, you know this or that whatever it was um, I really it, it wasn't just like a all right, do this in practice or do this during the game. But it was like, hey, you're kind of, you know, he's a wrestling coach. He's like, hey, you're kind of wrestling like this right now. Like, you know, let's talk about it. Let's break it down. And uh, we were able to kind of have those in-depth conversations. And mm-hmm. I think it developed a, a friendship as well with my dad, which I think a lot of people don't get. Um, and it meant the world to me because I was able to, like, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to describe it very well, but it was really cool for me. Um but I, I think the biggest thing is just held me to a different standard and tried to push me for better. Um, and having that in an athletic, you know, relationship translates to a, to a kind of, kind of a life relationship. And, it's, and even like every part of my life, he's pushed me for better. And I know he's just trying to get the best out of me. And it's, mm-hmm. it's been really cool for me. So. Yeah. I think that's one thing I'm very proud of is I really have a friendship with my dad. Uh, mm-hmm. We're very, I, I mean, I love hanging around him. I love learning from him. And I think one thing I noticed, uh, I played with him uh, last spring in the men's league. I was on his team. And I noticed this is that, I mean, he's obviously a very talented coach, but he's also always right. So <laughs> I do something wrong or bad, and then he tells me, like, this was dumb. I would be like, you know, let me play my game. Let me do my thing. And then I realized after the game, I'd be like, oh, yeah, nah. he was right. Like, that was dumb. That was <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and that was kind of similar uh, boat that I was in because he was my coach ever since I was in second grade with basketball and soccer. So, yeah, it, it's really cool to see where I'm at now has its roots in him being my coach because he, you know, held us to a higher standard because we were his kids. Um, so, you know, he'd pull you off on the, on the side, give you some advice, or you, you'd get in trouble with dad during halftime but then second half was, you know, the best half you've ever played. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was in middle school, so I was pretty sensitive. So sometimes I'd be, like, a little bit upset um, after getting in trouble. But then it really did work because I'd play a lot harder um, after we'd have our our little talk during halftime. But it's funny just seeing the stuff I do now just with RTC or even just playing with friends or intramural sports or or something not so serious, but the competitive nature definitely um, comes from him, which is really cool. And we were able to build that friendship with him just being my coach, you know, because spending a lot of time driving to the games, going to the games, and him just being the coach of my friends as well. 
Um, so it was really cool. But, but yeah, definitely, definitely getting in trouble, um, during, uh, during the breaks or just, you know, during your water break or something, uh, <laughs> was hard at first, but then, uh, really, really just like helped me to play, play really hard. So yeah, it's, it's funny seeing, seeing where that comes from and still sticks with me to this day. I definitely think like there's a there's a huge part of it is like there would be times where like my emotions would get the best of me. I'd do something dumb, I'd kind of have like a hot head, and he'd he'd pull me over and be like, cut that out, you know? He's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he'd probably say it a little more colorful than that, but he'd uh, he'd hammer me for it. I'd be like, you know what? You're right. Like I'm sorry. And I, he he'd set me straight, and I think that's carried over a lot. Yeah. How would you guys say your family like background and just like with your faith formation has prepared you for work like the the work life that you guys were in for like two three years and college um well i would say i mean unfortunately today we deal with a lot of broken families and you hear about you know everyone's not you know this person doesn't get along with their parents or they, they don't get along with their siblings or whatever whatever it may be like there's always these just like broken families all all throughout the world and so you know growing up in a very structured loving family um makes you very it makes me like very proud to share like oh yeah i have 10 siblings you know part of this great family and people are very intrigued by it because it's not as common now mm-hmm. so i would say you know going out you just i just realized how much appreciation i have for my family yeah i would agree i think i think it makes me uh i don't want to take it for granted i i would completely agree like especially a lot of what i was surrounded with was was broken families uh growing up and i i think part of that gave me some pride in my parents i was like damn like my parents have worked their tails off to give us a better life and they've been through a lot and it's not like they didn't have hardships but they they worked through it you know Mm -hmm. um and just to give me a better life and to, to give me that example of like, of, you know, what a Christian marriage looks like. And um, I think it's, it's been, that's probably, that's one of the best gifts I think I've ever gotten is just to have that. Um, yeah. And I think it, I took a lot of pride in that. And I think it made me realize like, man, not everyone has this. Don't take it for granted. And mm-hmm. I learned a lot from that. And I knew I always had, had my family and my parents. And it made me want to make them proud, you know, and everything I did. Um, I was like, I, I, like I said, even with sports, like there was times where I'd do something stupid. My dad would be like, hey, like, I think he kind of came with like, you're my son. Like, don't, don't make me look like an idiot. But <laughs> I think it kind of did kind of come to me naturally, too. I was like, I don't want to embarrass my family. Like, I have a great family. And I take a lot of pride in that. And I want to, you know, do better at this or be better at that to make them proud. And, you know. Um, I think, I think that's probably the biggest, um, impact it made on me, but mm. where, where have you guys been able to find that community of people that push you to be like a better Christian outside mm. of your family and like your home life? Mm. Um, actually it's funny you say that because this might be a little ironic for you guys to hear, but I think it was at Firebirds. I mean, just because I know it, it sounds silly, but you know, no one there is a practicing Catholic. They mm-hmm. they live a much different lifestyle, 
and to see how they lived compared to me really uh, showed me that I need to take my faith seriously. Mm. I need to be a better man. And they're, I mean, they're very respectful, obviously. Um, but it's just, they're like, when you ask, when they ask questions about, you know, the Catholic faith, you know, being a Christian, it just makes you, I have, now I have to live up to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And now I have to, you know, follow through with what the church teaches and everything like that. Mm. So being around people, to so being, to so going up, going to a Catholic private school the whole time, you're just around the same minded, you know, same mindset sort of people. So I didn't really like grow until I got around people who don't think the same as me. And then that's when I really started, you know, taking the faith more seriously. Mm. Absolutely. I would 100% agree with that. I think, uh, I think, I don't think we're called to, as Christians, I don't think we're called to, you know, be sheltered by just Christians. You know, we're called to, to be in the world but not of the world. And mm. I, whenever I've been, been kind of tested like that, my faith has been so much stronger. You know, just like you said. And when I was in high school, uh, it was a very secular environment. I went to public school, very secular. And my faith was tested, and I felt like my faith was so, grew so much in my time there. And now I'm at University of Maryland, and I'm surrounded by a lot of that. Um, you know, drinking, drugs, all that. And that's just the culture of, of colleges and universities in this day and age. And I feel like my faith has grown so much stronger just in the short time that I've been there. Um, and I, I think I completely, I love that. I completely agree with that. I think it's been a, like, again, we're not called to just, obviously there, there's a time to where you want to be, you know, find rest in other Christians and just be surrounded by other Christians. But I also think we're meant to have our faith tested and we're meant to be able to defend it and go out into the world and share it and be in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the other, the other place just specifically is Lona, that, that Lona Bible study. Um, when I first started, I was in a really, really dark place in my life. Um, I didn't really feel like I had much of a faith at the time. Like I went to church, but it wasn't really like feeling real at the time. Um, and I think that kind of brought in a new, point of view i guess to how the faith is lived out um because i was surrounded by a bunch of guys and you know a lot of us from different backgrounds um like obviously i, I grew up going to a presbyterian church and um tommy grew up going to a catholic church and a few of the kids grew up going to you know, different denominations um there was john who grew up going you know he grew up hindu um and so there's a lot of different point of views and we kind of just would go in and, and kind of attack the Bible. And I loved it. That was completely new to me. And I felt like I just learned a lot from that and grew a lot from that. And it kind of, I just guess that group kind of lit a fire in my own personal relationship with Christ. And it kind of knocked, knocked me back into it. And I was like, man, I need to, I need to get back into this. Like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I still, again, like that's where I see Chris Miller, the guy that I talked about as one of my role models. I see him every week and it's that it's with that Bible study and it just feels like it feels like a, I don't want to say a reset, but it just feels like a time where I can, you know, rest in, in you know, my, my Christian brothers and spend time with them and, and learn and grow and just call on them and be with them and then go back out and into the world and, uh, you know, kind of get that other side of things. Um mm. And I, I love it. I love it so much. 
Yeah, I have to say, I mean, you can't you can't do it on your own. You got to really uh, grow with other people. And I see it. I see it a lot. I mean, there's at JP Catholic, I see it with some guys, especially this one guy, Angelo. Um, I'm not really friends with him, but I just see how he lives his life of faith. And it's very inspiring. I'm like, man, I got to be more like him or just just being at home where when I see like my mom, how, how well she practices her faith and how mm-hmm. seriously she takes it. And it's just I feel like embarrassed about um like whenever I see her I just it's like my face is like embarrassing compared to her. And I just need yeah, to get, like so much better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I that's the one thing I think I've learned more than anything over the past years is you can't do it alone. It, it's just it's it's not it's not possible. We're not called to do it alone. You know? Right, right. The whole point of the church is, is we're called to to worship together and, and grow you know, with each other. Um, and I think that's, I don't want to say it's the most overlooked, but I think that's made the biggest impact in my life. And, and I think that's something I didn't really grasp as a young Christian and as a kid. And I think that's made, made the biggest change in my relationship with Christ um, mm-hmm. is, is learning that and taking advantage of that, especially with like mentors, not even just like, obviously like you, me and Tom, you know, we, we always talk to each other and, and there's a lot of guys that I'll you know, call or talk to or, you know, do Bible studies with. And, but even like mentors where it's like, Hey, I don't know what this is talking about or, you know, asking questions or what do I do here? Or how should I approach this? You know, mm. it makes a huge, like, like not just people your age and not just people older, but a mix of, of, you know, Christians in your life, just helping you get through life. And that's yeah. what the church is all about, you know? And, and I just think that's, I don't want to say it's overlooked, but I think that's something that I didn't have a grasp of until probably within the last couple of years. Um, and I think I just never really got a, got a feeling of that um, growing up, you know, and I, I think it's one of the most important parts of the Christian faith. Mm. What would you say is like the hardest part about ministering to other people while not letting that weaken your own relationship with god mm. uh that's i mean that's a very tough question uh answer i mean for me uh i don't want to bash the faith though i don't want to you know because you're gonna have people who you know who i mean they 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 do have hate for religion or for the church and plus i mean the church hasn't been perfect I mean, the church has had, has had its scandals, the Catholic church I'm talking about. And so I don't want to, when they do, I, I don't want to push my faith on anyone. I don't want to be like, no, this is, this is right. This, but I, I don't want to do that. That's very not how I want to go about things. Uh, but if they ask, I, I will like be willing to talk to them. And I, I just want to be, I want to defend the faith, but with an open mind. I think I just keeping an open mind and listening think listening to what they have to say is a big part to uh because if you're not going to listen to them why would they listen to you so mm. i think mm-hmm. if you're able to listen to what they have to say they're gonna you know approach uh your opinions with an open mind yeah i think also knowing though that like listening to what they have to say but you got the truth on your side so but it's always like you do have to discern on how to go about it because yeah you don't want to like be like banging someone's head with a bible and be like you're wrong you need to repent yeah um, no way no way that is that's is very that's yeah. what turns people away from the faith yeah that's what's, that's what's turned catholics away from faith yeah i think mm-hmm. the whole like 
the judgment that could come from like Christians of like, oh, because I live this way and you're wrong. But I mean, we we've all fallen. We've all been the prodigal son. I mean, it's like an everyday occurrence. So, just like coming to that person like with love, knowing that it's like okay, like I can speak the truth, but do it in a loving way. Yeah, that's awesome. I I think Tom, what you said is is spot on. I, to to mention Chris Miller again, but he he always shares this uh, line that I, he learned. I think he learned it from one of his mentors. But it's love someone until they ask why, and it's like you don't have to just jump in and be like, "You need to be a Christian. This is why you're single." Da da da. But just be in their daily lives, listen to their problems. Just love them, man. And at some point, they're going to sit there and be like, there's something different about you. Like, why, mm. why do you like that? You know? And it gives you an opportunity to share it. And, yeah. and I think, uh, again, like, I think a huge part of it is showing, like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not perfect. And it's, and that's something, like, obviously, like, we're all working to, to be better and to, you know, not to be able to do this. But it's like, I'm not perfect. I sin. I struggle with these things, too. And just being with someone in their daily life, like, hey, I understand your struggle. That's okay. Being open-minded with that, not just spreading them out. But when they come to you, you know, taking that as an opportunity, like, hey, like, you know, I'm praying for you. Like, I'm here for you. And the one thing I've always learned is, like, I almost, I don't think anybody will ever say no to being prayed for. Uh, that's something I've seen a lot in my own life. Is like, if you ever tell someone, like, hey, can I pray for you? They're almost never going to say no. And it, it's a way of, like, not just, you know, shoving it down their throat and saying, like, hey, you know, this is something that's important to me. I, I know what works for me. It's like, hey, can I pray for you? And they're like, yeah, mm. I guess. Yeah, why not? And yeah. that's just part of, like, again, like, loving someone until they ask why. Just be there for them. Um, be present in their life. And at some point, they're going to be like, hey, there's something different. Like, mm. I want to know. I don't want to know what. And it is it is hard, though, because, I mean, like I, like I was saying to you earlier, I, you know, I've, I go to the University of Maryland. I'm in a fraternity. And that comes with a lot of temptation. Um, and it's hard. It is hard. And you're just surrounded by it. Um, and it's tough to not, you know, want to partake in that at times because that's all you're surrounded by. Um, and, again, I think a huge part of what we already talked about it is having other people with you. And that's one thing I've really tried to find is, like, other guys in my career that are willing to, you know, kind of stay away from from you know alcohol or drug whatever it is um and kind of take a step back and be like i, I want to be better than that i don't want to i don't want my life to be defined by that you know um and not that there's anything like inherent wrong with that but it's like it's like i, I don't want to be taken over by that and i think there's there's something greater here and having those christians beside you to hold you accountable and be with you through that is is huge and that's something that i find again we said before you can't you can't do it alone um and i think that's been this is my second semester i think it's been the biggest difference between last semester and this semester because last semester is so much harder because i was kind of doing it by myself and this semester you know i, I we started bible study um, and, and there's i found other guys that kind of want to be able to do that and and want to be able to talk about the gospel and share the gospel without you know, letting these things of the world take over our lives. Um, and again, it's not that it's not hard, but we have each other to hold to hold the count. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Uh, love someone until they ask why. I think yeah, 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 I think it goes along with 
I mean, we're not the judges. We can't judge anyone. There's only one judge. Uh-huh. And so when you see uh, people who, um, I mean, when you just, uh, when you uh, are friends with people who are not Christian, I mean, you have to just show them that you love them and you're not there to judge them in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, I mean, and again, it's like the idea is like, we're all in the same boat. We're all simple. There's nothing better about me than you, you know? Exactly. I'm exactly. just as simple as you. I'm just as lost about you spiritually. I'm just as dead as you are without God. That's the only difference is, is you know, I, I have Jesus so, and, and I just want to share that with you. You know, it's mm. like, I'm just going to love on you until, until you see that because that's all I want, you know? Mm. I feel like that also the best thing you can do is just being a joyful person and mm. yeah, like we were saying earlier, like just being someone that really when you like interacting with other people, you're like really just seeing them and getting to know them because then they feel known and they feel seen, they feel loved. And they're like, wow, like what is it that you have that like I don't, and it's not in a way to make it them look at us because we're like, we don't want you to look at us or else you're going to be disappointed. We want you to look at Christ. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think the best thing you can do is just like, yeah being joyful because then people are going to be like oh i want that because everybody wants that mm-hmm. um how how would you guys say you find time to um find moments of silence like throughout your day because i feel like in college it's just like a lot of a lot of different types of people all the time so how would you guys like find that time to just be like even like with your prayer life like to find that like alone time mm. I would say, I mean, there's also there's the time after mass when you pray after church where you pray. But I like my walking to the walking to and from the gym. I really enjoy that because I'll go late at night, so the traffic will be dead, and uh, there won't be any, really anybody around besides who's ever living on the street. But that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's just, it's really, I mean, I don't have, I don't have any music playing. I'm just, and it's about a 35 minute walk there to, uh, to get there and then a 35 minute walk to get back. So I, I just enjoy the, uh, the quiet night and yeah, just really calming down and being reflective. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. I think, I think you really have to be intentional about it. It's not something that just comes, you know, in passing. I think you really have to like search it out. Um, and I think something I learned over break is I, I don't remember exactly how they said it, but some of our churches are talking about like finding like true rest in God. It takes work. Like, it's not just like, you're not just going to kick the field and find it. You have to be very intentional about it and like want it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to do. And I think something that's worked for me is I, I'm a pretty early person. Um, so I, I get up early and I, I've been trying to get up like 30 minutes earlier than I normally would every day. And just spend time in the word. Um, and it's been a huge difference. Um, mm. Just start my day off with that. And like, you know, not touching my phone, not just going right to my text, you know, Instagram or whatever. Waiting 30 minutes, you know, put my head in the Bible and just reading a short passage, you know, kind of picking it apart and spending like, you know, not and not like an hour or anything, just like I, it's 15, 20 minutes and spending five, 10 minutes in prayer. And I just feel so different and approach mm-hmm. my day after that and 
I again, like a lot of, I know, like my dad has always done that, and and a lot of my role models have always done that, and, and it's something I've never really tried until you know recently, and it's made a complete difference in my life. Um, mm. And it really is just, it, it feels so restful, you know. It just shuts out all the stress, all that you know, go 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 of the day, and it just lets you get ready. Be like, okay, this this is where I'm at, you know. And then it's like, hey, guy, I need you to help me through this, you know. Be, mm. be a and it's it's completely changed changing for me because because that's something I felt like I wasn't doing well. It's finding rest and yeah. finding not just like sleep, but like actual spiritual rest because it is when you're surrounded by the world, it's so important to find like real spiritual rest um, and reset. And again, I think part of that I found at that Bible study that I go to at, at Lono, and. Um, part of that I, I found and, and just spending time in the word alone and, and also with moments like Tom you said, just going on walks like when you're walking when you're by yourself I a lot of time like I you know I have like a most of my walks you know two are from class so like 20 or so minutes and I've kind of gotten away from like listening to music or something and just mm-hmm. kind of being present in that in that moment um, and just trying to be like you know in my own head and with my thoughts not just wasting that 20 minutes you know yeah uh, and that's made a huge difference too. I love that you said that. Song. I, lo- I I like that a lot, Austin. Uh, I think I'm 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 gonna start doing that. What? Uh, reading reading a passage in the morning. Yeah, that's a, that's a great habit to have. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So what time? What time do you get up in the morning now? I I whenever I whenever I need to get up, I just get up. I just go thirty minutes earlier. So I've been doing like six thirty to seven thirty sometime between mm-hmm. nine. Yeah, I might be going eight thirty, nine thirty. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey man, whatever. Tommy hits the gym at like twelve o'clock at night. <laughs> Tommy, come on, man. Maybe, maybe go a little earlier. You'll, you'll be time to get up a little earlier, man. Dude, I don't get to see my people on the street at that time. <laughs> ah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, Austin, adding on to that, and Tom, like what you were saying. My favorite part of the day is like going if if we don't have PT in the morning, just going to the mass yeah. and like the walk down. It's like dark outside, like most people aren't, and it's a lot easier to just like find that rest like in prayer beforehand mm-hmm. and really just like like prepare for the mass. Because um, yeah. then even sometimes I'm like I could I was like struggling a lot with this like last semester, but it was going to daily mass but coming from class so like i couldn't like really prepare myself so i never felt like i was at rest because i just went from class 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 mass class mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so now just like really and not like like you were saying you have to be really intentional about it and like even just with your scheduling of what time you're like gonna wake up and uh-huh. what time these events are all this stuff and just like you're like okay i need this like I need this time of prayer, like 30 minutes beforehand before I do this. Um, Cause it's, it could be so easy to just like always be on the go thinking we have to be constantly busy, but then um, yeah, the Holy spirit speaks the strongest, like in silence. So we need to really like, if we want to hear what God's speaking to us, like we need to like find that time, which is hard, but Amen. something I'm working with all the time. But well, uh, there's a certain part of the day, Austin, where this certain Josh calls her. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> okay, that's Tom. her favorite part of the day. <laughs> Tom, we're recording. 
dive into this a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. How are yes. Howard Josh's lungs? Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're we're not gonna bring up the whole family chat. <laughs> that, that was insane. That was a full hour of the entire family just roasting each other. Hey, it needs to happen sometimes, you know. You gotta, you gotta, you and then you see out. Austin Smith has left the chat. <laughs> I feel like I did my job, you know. My, my time is coming gone. Given there, ref the game, kept the score, left. <laughs> In case you're wondering, Tom did win. Tom uh, did win. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so we're at we're at kind of close to the end, but I want to end with last one last question. Uh-huh. Um, what would you guys say to someone who, um, let's say, I mean, we all have like, I guess, a friend that we would have in mind for this, but someone that you know is because our deepest desire is to know and love God and everyone desires that whether they know it or not. But like, what's one advice you would give to someone who is kind of like at that stage in life where they're, they kind of recognize that the way they're living isn't satisfying and they just don't know what the next step is. That's a tough question to answer (laughs) because at this point now you have to, Hmm. I would say, I would say, maybe not, maybe not even prayer, but I would say just meditation. I think the the quiet, like quieting down your life so that you can be reflective, mm-hmm. is uh, very important. So you're saying someone that doesn't really know what prayer is. Right, right. I'm talking about someone who who might not be very practicing or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, yeah, just just start with that. Just start with just just quieting down, you know, the mind, thought, the everyday race. And just be reflective, meditate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they'll be praying without. Yeah, exactly. That's prayer. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, that's a great point, Tom. That's a tough question. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in that right now. Cause like I said, I'm in a fraternity and a lot of the guys are, maybe not a lot, but a few of the guys are kind of in that, at that point where they're like, man, like I'm kind of over, you know, this, this lifestyle, like, you know, drinking and, and this and that and, I'm kind of like looking for something more. You know, I, I feel I'm just, I'm worn out, you know? And I do like that a lot. Um, I think, I think just taking a moment and it's like, we, you feel like something's not working. What do you think that is? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, take, take some time, be real with yourself and try and figure out what that is. And, and I was, we were talking to one kid, you know, and, and he, he obviously he, he likes to drink, you know, and, and he does, but he's kind of getting to that point where he's like, I just, I just, I'm like, I'm worn out, you know, I'm, I'm, something just feels like it's not working. And me and another buddy were talking, we're like, you know what, take that out of your life for a week or a couple of days, you know, step away from that and really think about like what you want your life to look at. Like what's not working? You're like, you feel like something's not working. What, what is that? And I think, uh, I think there's something about kind of resetting, mm. not just for people that aren't Christians, but for Christians too, is, is, there's a lot of times, like even I, you know, I've, I've been a, you know, I've been raised as a Christian my whole life, and I've really had my own faith for a, a long time. And there's times where I'm like, something's not working. You know, I gotta, I gotta reset myself here and figure it out. And I'll try to take a few days, even a week, of just stopping what I'm doing, 
like what I like my habits of, of that time and trying to reset those habits. And mm. you know, it says that in Proverbs somewhere. I'd have to find the exact verse, but it talks about kind of setting good habits and, and it talks about laziness and, and, and all those things. And it's like you are what your habits are. Like your habits will define your life. It's like what you do defines your life. And you know, kind of like the idea of actions speak louder than words. Mm. It's your habits. That's what you're gonna. That's what your life is gonna be. And it's easy to fall into those. And and so I think, you know, maybe it's not the, the best thing, but I I do think there is something to be said about evaluating where you're at in your life and mm. looking at it and being like, you know, I've been doing a lot of of this recently. You know, I've, I've been I've been going to the bar a lot recently. Like, what? When did I start doing that? Why? Why am I doing that? Maybe I should take a break from that. Mm. And like you know, I, I've been hanging out with these people a lot, and I feel like something's—I just feel, something's been feeling off. And I've been hanging out with these people a lot. And maybe I'm not really getting spiritually fed when I'm with these people. You know, like maybe maybe I'm not really maybe this isn't the right crowd to be hanging out with as much. Um, and I—I I think that's that's what I would say, and that's kind of what we've been doing with uh, one kid comes to mind in particular. But and then again, I, I think it kind of comes to like. Well, hey, like you know, just love it on them. It's like, hey, you want to get lunch? You want to do this? You want to do that? And, and kind of slowly exposing them to, uh, I guess, Jesus. But I think that it does come from like, you can't force it. It comes from them realizing like, hey, something's not going right. You know, I, I need a change. Um, but yeah, that's that's a great point, Tom. I love that. Mm. Austin, I like how you tied it back to the beginning. Actions speak louder than words. <laughs> You guys just keep <laughs> dropping bars. <laughs> Dude, we, Tom, we're, we're, we're locked in, man. We're locked in. Man. <laughs> <laughs> we're, just, we're just working, man. Oh, Alrighty. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Um, thanks for having us. Yeah, this was a lot of awesome. fun. I this was it. super cool. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. You're a great host, Julie. <laughs> Cut out for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because, like, in person, like, the last conversation we had <laughs> yeah we don't you listen to your it, boss but... like boy hey hey it's... <laughs> it's okay you know what you know what we don't need to reflect on that we 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 reevaluated right we reset. <laughs> all right awesome so we'll see you at the next the next Kilmer party yes yes you will absolutely and you know what I got no more excuses all right Tom so you always say I'm making excuses and then I come I'm I'm tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of now, it. now you know you know what it is. Now I can't go to the party. Yeah, yeah. We oh, I'm in California. Exactly. You're okay, bold, Austin, man. you can come over. We'll hang out. Yeah, Tom, yeah. You go hang out with your your Cali friends. Yeah, exactly. Tom, you go hang out with your Cali buddies. And, uh, yeah, please. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, Thanks awesome. again, guys. Thank you. Wait, so, so what do we hit here? Do we finish recording? Yeah. No. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess Tom's done. <laughs> All right, see ya. See you, Julie. Thank you to everyone for listening to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you on the next one.